0: What's poppin'? Episode 2, well, episode 5, but episode 2 of season 2 for the Heads or Tails podcast. I am Cameron, joined here, as always, by Quinn. What up? Today, we got, you know, I've been gone for the last 4 days. We meant to record the last couple days. Emergency podcast, but this is kind of a a bit of an emergency podcast. Not right on schedule, but kind of close. Because of all the news that's been happening. NCAA March Madness. Pre-March Madness, conference tournaments. Baseball is back. As there's some stuff that has come with that. As well as a bunch of deals, rumors, developments in the NFL prior to free agency opening up on, I believe, Tuesday. We got a bit of a jam-packed show here. This will probably run about 30, 45 minutes. We'll just kind of get right to it. We'll start with probably the biggest news of the week that baseball's back. We got finally the MLBPA and the MLB tentatively reaching, reaching a deal, and it did go through. So spring training starts tomorrow or was it today?
1: Uh it starts some I think some teams started today. I know the Giants start tomorrow. Speaking of the start Giants, them. they made a big they made a big deal with Rundone. Great signing for them bolster that starting pitching unit you know they got to do what they do to keep winning they had an amazing season i did not expect last year
0: see what i was reading about was that some smaller market gms really did not like this deal from the giants just because it it really shows how that just that 20 million dollars in cap increase on the luxury tax is going to really bolster these these big these big teams and so they don't have to you know They don't have to cut costs after a really good year like the Red Sox do a lot. So they're able to sign these guys like Rendon is two years, $44 million. Like That's a ridiculous amount. With a player opt-out after the first year, that's a ridiculous amount of money for just a short period of time.
1: It really is. But counterpoint, though, see, with the A's, though, sometimes you have owners who are not even willing to spend the money. The Giants are willing to spend the money. Yankees are willing to spend the money. Red Sox, when they think a player is worth it. So it's all about these billionaire owners that want to pay. Like in the A's case today, they're blowing it up again. It's a whole rebuild again, stock on the prospects, because they don't want to pay the money, even though the increase happens and the owner's like worth $2 billion.
0: See, I see it like the classic meme that I guarantee a lot of you see is the Baker Mayfield plays like trash gets trashed by the media, calls out the media, plays inferior opponent and plays terrific. And it's very similar with the A's. They,
1: that is the A's
0: develop a great farm system, have a great regular season, go to the playoffs, disappoint in the regular, disappoint in the playoffs for multiple seasons in a row, trade all of their really good players away right before they hit their primes. And then the cycle continues.
1: It is tough. I'm preparing for another three to four years of misery to have another four years of greatness to end in the wild card. I mean We've if, never been close
0: if the Ace could just change their philosophy just a little bit, but they just did sign you know, sign a guy like Olsen or Chapman they're I mean they're both gone. they're 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 out the door pretty much. I don't even I don't even know if they're gonna make it to the to the opening day. I think they're gone before the season starts. Yeah, as the Mets traded for Bassett, Chris Bassett, All-Star pitcher. They signed Starling Marte and Mark Canna. You know, they can <laughs> Hey, they can they can keep adding. They, they need a DH now that all of baseball is going to be DHing.
1: That was part of the agreement, which was huge, and the playoffs have expanded to six teams in East conference, too.
0: I like how they did those like progressive moves where they like you know, DHing larger playoff pool, but they also took away seven-inning doubleheaders as well as runner on second in uh, extra innings for the regular season.
1: And also restrictions on shifts, I believe, too.
0: Uh, I believe the restrictions on shifts won't start until next year.
1: Next year, but that was part of the agreement that they wanted.
0: DH is this year, right? Yes. Yeah that's what I, and then they're also doing larger bases which i think is good cuz then players won't have to injure themselves if it's a close play at the at the the plate on like first and second that's normally where most injuries happen like where where a player will be like have their foot on the bag and then the guy steps on his foot and then the guy who steps on his foot gets injured right
1: but it also helps stealing too now
0: yeah but i mean i don't see i don't see it being like like you know obviously every inch matters in stealing a base, but it'll also just make pitchers more aware and catchers more aware. You know, there's going to be a counter to that. And like, and like, as people like speaking of counters, people are talking about the shift. I've talked to people. They're like, it's like banning coverages in the NFL, but I, I see it more like, I see it more like basketball three second key because I mean, I don't think they really call offensive three in the key in, in, in uh, basketball. They mostly call defensive, in, in the NBA in college, it's the opposite for some reason, but, um, three in the key, it's like, you're standing in the place where the guy wants to score. And if there's a big guy, if you put a seven foot two guy there, it's going to be much harder to score in the paint, but it doesn't mean they can't score, but it makes it much more difficult to score just as in baseball. They literally put the, put a guy where, but I, I mean, I don't think it bans them actually moving. It just, you can't have like six guys on the, you can't have four You can't have all four guys or three or four guys on the right side of the second base.
1: Yes, and, you know, this is big for a bunch of players that are pull hitters, you know, that pull the ball. Like Gallo, Olsen. Uh, There's another one I'm missing. Can't think of right now. Like every
0: single left-handed hitter pretty much in the MLB.
1: Yeah, they're all pull hitters, and so, like, that's huge for them with the shifts, being more restricted and... But then again, it would have been easier for them to learn how to hit the oppo, because if you hit opposite side, it's probably a double. Yeah. During the shifts. I never it's understood. If you hit opposite side.
0: Like I see that like there's literally sometimes there's a guy playing shortstop, but literally no third baseman. Why don't you just like squeeze bunt it down the line and you're it's like it's like yeah. at least a single. And there's nobody on it's- third either. So if there's a guy on first, then they can get all the way to third. Easy. Right. It never and it's never really made any sense to me why people don't want to break the shift. But granted, most of the people right. are hitting in the shift are big left-handed slow guys. Where, slow
1: power hitter guys.
0: Yeah. I think it'll make the game I think it'll make the game a lot more interesting. Because then, I think it would too. Then then the pitcher actually has to like try to pitch a guy because realistically with the shift, you just pitch the guy inside the whole time. And you 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 pitch him like basically low and inside, and it's almost impossible for him to get the ball in the air, and he'll just hit it into the shift every time. I mean, right. the the one person who really wished that this this rule came into play was Chris Davis.
1: Definitely, dude. He was always getting shifted on, and he it was either home run or out. That's all it came down to.
0: He may be a he may be a Hall of Famer if they if they never started shifting him. He could have. But, you know, it's done. It's over for Chris. Well, Chris Davis is still on the Orioles, but he hasn't really played any meaningful baseball in about three years. No, he probably was one of the worst contracts to go down. Yeah, speaking of the Red Sox, I've heard talks about heating up with Trevor Story. I like it.
1: That'd be a great signing for them.
0: Move one one of them to the other side of the base. Yeah. And especially with this $20 million in luxury tax increase, that pretty much does it for our baseball side of things. We're going to move over to some NFL, some massive trades involving players that played for the Raiders and players that now will play against the Raiders. First, the first big deal was Russell Wilson To the Broncos, right after the announcement of Aaron Rodgers planning to stay in Green Bay. How do you feel about that, Quinn?
1: Uh, I feel awful about it. When uh, Rodgers said he was staying, I'm thinking the Raiders are in the clear now. The Broncos can't get Rodgers, not going to get a quarterback. And literally the next day. Not even the next day, like an hour later. Or maybe an hour later. I... (laughs) Our buddy Brett, former guy on the broadcast, you know, former partner we had, texts in the chat, and I'm, like, thinking, what, what happened? And he sends the tweet of Adam Schefter saying, Russell Wilson to the Broncos is a done deal. And right there, I was devastated because I knew the Broncos are a great team. They have some good young playmakers on offense. Their defense was top ten last year. What held them back was quarterback and Locke and Bridgewater. Locke with his turnovers can throw you away a game, and Bridgewater was not gonna win a shootout. You put Russell Wilson on that team now. I mean they can compete with the Chiefs, the Chargers, now the Raiders. I used to be two free easy dubs, but you put a future Hall of Famer on a team like that, it's unbelievable. I think they gave up too much when they traded but when you can get a future hall of famer on your team you're expecting a super bowl here in the next two years and the broncos that's what they want and they're going to get that in wilson if he can perform but it's going to be tough in the afc now last week we were talking about how nfc quarterbacks were uh really weak it's even weaker now
0: yeah there really isn't any if i mean if Rodgers, and like i think that's the issue is that a lot of these nfc teams haven't necessarily drafted well at the quarterback position or drafted well in general over the last like five years. So what they end up doing is once they exhaust all of their options, they just trade away. They're just trading away all their, their players and they just end up being on AFC teams as two deals involving former Raiders who got traded within months of one another. Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper recently just got traded. Khalil Mack on Thursday to the Chargers, another, another, Another one of those uh, Raiders divisional opponents that loves to bulk up for the Raiders or not necessarily for the Raiders, but just to make a push for the playoffs. And then Amari Cooper to the Browns, which makes them better. And they're going to trade Jarvis Landry now. But, you know, you're giving Baker Mayfield a, a very good. I mean, he's very underrated for being an elite wide receiver that he still is. Cooper? Yeah, Cooper.
1: Cooper is a leap, but the problem he's always had is I've seen him with the Raiders and the Cowboys. He'll have one or two weeks of, like, man puts up, like, 150, 200 yards receiving and, like, a touchdown or two touchdowns and then disappear for four to five weeks. His problem is he's not consistent enough. And the man was complaining about quarterbacks that he's had, and now he goes to Baker Mayfield and the Browns. And to see that happening, you look at the trade, Then, when the Raiders made the deal, it looks like both teams lost the trade. Raiders got a first-round pick. The Cowboys paid him. Turns out he was kind of the diva that he was on the Raiders. I mean, you saw there was rumors coming out that he called Dak Prescott Black Kirk Cousins.
0: I don't know if that was a real report or a a fake report.
1: But if it's true, that's crazy. And uh you know, this could make the Browns better, but again, it comes down to Baker Mayfield. He couldn't do it with OBJ. So, what makes you think he can do it with Amari Cooper?
0: I think that Amari Cooper is more of a like he's already had that uh he's already had that diversity of playing with a lot of good wide receivers as he did in Dallas. Like, but the thing is once they trade Jarvis, like he's the clear number one, like there's not even like, cause when no OBJ got there, Jarvis was still in his prime. Jarvis was still a great wide receiver. So and Baker,
1: OBJ wanted to team up with him. <laughs> yeah. But
0: I think the issue, from was, I think the issue was Baker trusted Jarvis a bit more and, that's and that's like the Kevin Stefanski, Stefanski offense is a lot of times the number two wide receiver will get like uh, most of the touches, most targets, yeah, because just because he ends up being the most trusted, not because he's the better wide receiver, just because the quarterback trusts him more. And a lot of the, he need
1: a catch, he's gonna catch it,
0: yeah. I think a more, I mean, I think that it makes the Browns better. You might as well. You need a number one wide receiver, like, you need one. Jarvis Landry's not gonna do it. Donovan Peoples Jones, he's good, but he's he could be a good number two. We talked about this on the Haas and podcast, actually. I'm very interested to see what Ian thinks about this later this week. All right, And
1: now to uh, good old Khalil Mack, man. Never thought I'd see the day he'd be a Charger in the AFC West. But the Chargers are smart to make this deal. If Mack can stay healthy... Great run defender, and he can rush the passer. You pair him and Bosa, that's a great pass rushing duo. And you're looking at the AFC West now with the rushing duos they have. I mean, those are some great pass rushers in there. You're talking about Chris Jones, Mack, Bosa, Crosby, Ngakwe, uh Chubb. Maybe Von Miller comes back.
0: Oh, he's Von coming Miller's, back.
1: I think he's coming back now. So you have them. And this goes to show the Chargers are all in. That they know they have advantage of Herbert being on a rookie contract. So you can sell on like everything. You can get you can take on a Clomac contract that's gonna cost you twenty four to thirty million a year. But Herbert being on a rookie contract, you're not paying him almost forty million dollars, which you'll get, maybe fifty, depending on what it goes high of. So the Chargers. I don't think they're done. They're gonna go all in. So be
0: prepared. I think that's a common theme. I think that's a very, um, that's a very common theme in the AFC right now. Is that like not just that like rookie contract deals, but just that like all in mentality. I can't remember a time in my life where so many teams were making, mo- especially in the AFC, were making all these moves just to get better. And it really makes me think, like, you know. Every team can go all in, but only one team's coming out of the AFC. And
1: the AFC is brutal. It's going to be a bloodbath.
0: And I think that that's why you see the NFC teams not really making as many deals because they realize they're like, well, we don't have to completely overload our roster to make the playoffs. Like, unless you're the Rams, but you don't have to overload your roster right. to make the playoffs. And all you got to do is just get out, get out of the NFC.
1: So think, look at the Cowboys. They seem like they're going to blow it up. They're thinking about trading Collins. I mean, Cooper's gone. And right now, Rams and Packers are sitting there thinking, there should be no reason why we're not in the championship game. Competing to see who goes to the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I It's going to be the a really weird NFC.
1: Who's the competition for them?
0: I mean, the Cardinals. The I mean, Cowboys. the Niners. The Niners will be good. Niners will be good. Contingent,
1: it's contingent on Trey Lance,
0: the, how he plays. The Cardinals, I mean, I think that they're going to resolve their issue with Kyler Murray. I think they're going to... I mean, they're still going to be fine. Like, the Cardinals are going to be good. But it's not, like, deep enough... Yeah, it's not like this right. past year where there was five teams, six teams that were really good in the NFC. And the yeah. AFC was kind of a washed... Like, it wasn't washed, but it was just a bunch of, like, decent teams. Not a bunch of super super teams. But now, like, Tom Brady's gone. You, you mean... The NFC South is just, you know, that's just NFC South might be one of the worst divisions. Oh my god, it's bad. The worst division. I mean, the NFC North... like if the Packers got rid of Aaron Rodgers, I don't think people realize like the the winner of the NFC North would be like 7 and 10. Oh yeah, definitely. Like maybe worse. Like Kirk Cousins is arguably like a top 5 quarterback in the NFC in the NFC right now. Like arguably. Which is like, wow. And he's like barely, and he's arguably not even a top 20 quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. (laughs) There's only 16 quarterbacks in the AFC. (laughs) And Kirk Cousins is
1: barely, you know. It seems like all the great quarterbacks are in the AFC now.
0: Yeah, besides like literally Stafford, Rodgers. Rodgers. Murray. uh, Murray. Dak. Dak, yeah. That's it. Yeah. I mean, I see Jim and, Jim Switz is not bad, but... And
1: also, I think some teams are looking at the Rams' blueprint. They worked. They actually made a Super Bowl. They went on all in on Jalen Ramsey, Stafford. They traded for Vaughn. They said, we don't eat picks. Let's just get proven
0: players on this team. And I think that in the NFL, it's really hard to do that. It's hard to do that and like actually make it work because... In the NBA, you could do it. Oh yeah, you could you could buy your way to a championship so easy in the NBA if you have a good solid roster and you just add one superstar like KD. Like the Warriors were a great team before, but then they get KD and they're literally unstoppable when everybody's healthy. NFL is yeah. much harder to do that because you you have to have 35, 40 guys that are good because but p- players are gonna get hurt. It's just a fact of the game, and they're gonna be there's gonna be a lot of injuries. Like, basketball, you could go a whole year with with your starting five being fine, pretty much.
1: Yeah. And the thing about football, death plays in a big factor. If you have a great death on your team, you know, you can overcome some losses until they get healthy.
0: Yeah, for sure. And obviously, quarterbacks the most important position, and that's what the AFC's been doing, stacking quarterbacks. I mean, that's why the Broncos traded for Russell Wilson. I mean, the only teams that really have a bad quarterback... I'm just gonna say the Texans still have Deshaun, but like, I mean, the the, the Jets, but but a lot of them are young guys. who you still have time to improve.
1: Like the Jags and the Jazz still have something. Colts don't they have done. a quarterback. Colts have no one. Which is interesting. Seeing there's a bunch
0: been a bunch of rumors that they're trying to get Derek Carr. That'd be so and funny if the Raiders just decided to tank. That'd be so funny if they tank.
1: If they trade Carr, say screw it, get Watson. And then hope for the best. He doesn't get
0: suspended. You know, I I think that Watson My opinion on Watson is that he may have like legally beat it, but you know, there's there's an ounce of truth in every lie. Yes. And it's, it's true. And not to say that and he never The thing is he said that he stood on the truth, but he didn't he didn't stand on the truth. He just didn't talk. Like he pled the fifth hundred and fifty yeah, times, which you know, you know, in a in a legal standpoint, you, you're supposed to do that because you don't want to self-incriminate yourself by saying something you didn't mean to say. Because everything's on the record. And right, but I mean, 22 people. There's an ounce of like, there's at least like a degree to which he he's not like he's not like a. a I, I'm just not gonna I'm gonna come out and say it, like he's not the best guy in the world. He's not like a model citizen. Like it's kinda of like it's been proven. 22 accusations. It's you know how hard it is in this day and age to to coordinate 22 acqu- accusations without them being like somewhat true like it's really How
1: difficult much ta- saying the same stuff too keeping it straight
0: yeah like you know he got out pretty much he got he got he didn't get indicted li- uh, criminally because of technicality that's all i gotta say doesn't mean that he didn't do anything wrong he just didn't do anything that was technically illegal based on the evidence that they had I still think that he's not the best guy in the world, and I think that I think he should get suspended for some time. I mean, you got to get suspended. He, I mean, the he he tarnished the NFL's name, you know.
1: Like, I think he gets suspended for a year. I think they still come down hard. Yeah, give him a year.
0: You got it. You got to do it. It, it, you know, I, you know, you hate to say it, whether it's true or not. You know, sometimes you just got to set an example. Like, we're not dealing with this. Like, it's like Calvin Ridley. Like, like. I mean, if Kaepernick, Kaepernick gets, gets a, a year.
1: Deshaun Watson gets a year.
0: Yeah, exactly. The integrity of the game, but the inte- and it's like and it's like c- going back like Kaepernick. And you know, people didn't like Kaepernick because they thought that he didn't like a lot of people didn't like Kaepernick, didn't want him to be on a team because he was just like he's like what like people didn't like his positions, but those but very similar people are saying, Watson, Thank God he's back in the NFL," but they're not. Or But they're, they're saying that, no. like, he beat his case and, like, you know. He his cases that he's and the true. only people yeah.
1: are saying Watson's back because they want their – at the end of the day, fans don't care what they did except for certain ones. They're like, as long as he's on my team and we get him, we're going to win football games. That's all that matters.
0: And I think that's an issue. I think people need to – Yes. I think people need to grow up and realize that being a bad person is <laughs> – it's a bad thing. Like, you don't like, people who do bad things – should be punished. It's simple as that. You know, you can't, just because you have fame, just because you have fame, money, and standing doesn't mean you can get away from things. It's, you know, it's it's, it's an example. But, you know, that's that's pretty much all of our discussion on the NFL. Got what a they bit. want to say about the NFL? Yeah.
1: This shows a lot of teams trading for quarterbacks and trying to trade heavily for a quarterback right now. Shows how much they think about this year's draft and what they think about the quarterbacks. I completely agree that they're willing to give up whatever it takes to get a proven guy. Yeah. And then when you got Trubisky, looking, Lokes,
0: Mariota, that says a lot. Well, moving over to our last sport of the day, then we'll have a little, little segment to end us off. NCAA March Madness. I want to preface this with my own sadness as my university lost last night, University of California, Santa Barbara, Lost in regulation against Long Beach State on a buzzer beater by Jadon Jones. It was a. Uh, I was there, covering the game, with seven of my other fellow peers for KCSB Sports, and watching that game. Very heartbreaking, you know. Covered these guys all year, and you know they're a great group. Great group of guys. They get a lot of great personalities. A lot of great leaders. And, you know, they were on a great run. They'd won, what, nine out of their last ten coming into the day, into the game last night. But, you know, they're, as Coach Pasternak said in his press conference, you know, sometimes it eventually catches up to you. And it caught up to them last night. But, besides my little rant on my own team, because I felt like it was due, we got some surprises. I mean, it's, it's honestly too much to track, but... Honestly, the wow. biggest
1: obsess in the last
0: couple of days. In my opinion, the biggest surprise: Virginia Tech, for sure. Virginia Tech was unranked. They were on the bubble. They were in the last four, out coming in the day. They're playing against. I can't remember exactly who they were playing against. No, 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 no. The other day, oh. I'll, I'll check. They oh, played a. Uh... I'm looking at it right now. They were playing. um Wait, they played someone. Clemson. Really good. They are playing Clemson, and Clemson hadn't won an an ACC tournament in I don't know, I think they they've actually never won the ACC tournament. They're the only team of the founding yeah. the founding of the conference to never win it. and Clemson up by two overtime and they hit that three pointer to win the game in overtime. then they go on. They beat, they
1: beat North Carolina.
0: Then they beat Notre Dame, actually, the next Notre day.
1: Dame, and then yesterday it was North Carolina. Then they
0: beat North Carolina in the semifinal. And then they beat then they convincingly beat Duke to win the which ACC, is which probably one of the best Power 5 tournament runs in the history of ever in college basketball. If you would have told
1: me as a better that Virginia Tech was going to go and run the table against Carolina, Notre Dame, especially Duke and the way they beat Duke, I would have said you're crazy. To go in to beat a top five ranked team in Duke in the championship, convincingly too. No one expects you to win. And last night they killed North Carolina, which no one expected either. I didn't expect it. I mean, this just goes
0: to show, March Madness is happening earlier than expected. I mean, I think March Madness truly starts these conference tournaments. I mean, it's crazy. Like I said last night, UCSB lost on a buzzer beater. Iowa won today on pretty much a buzzer beater against Indiana in the semifinal of the Big 10 tournament. I mean, I even I can't remember a time where the conference tournaments were so good. And I mean, last uh, yesterday, Indiana-Illinois,
1: that was a great game. It came down to the wire. Illinois kind of threw but it came down the guy had a great shot to get a layup to put him up ahead in, but they
0: couldn't seal it I mean there was a, a bunch of other great games today like San Diego State lost by one to Boise State one. and yep. then uh, what other what other good games well going on right now as we speak UCLA, UCLA Arizona, Arizona four point that's game that's a
1: good game right now
0: Um, Creighton Barely lost to Villanova. Villanova wins their conference. Purdue advancing to the Purdue final. Purdue
1: barely won. Tennessee beat Kentucky today.
0: Oh, yeah. And Arizona, and, I mean, another surprising team, actually. Very similar to Virginia Tech. Texas A&M, they've been putting on a show in the tournament. Beating
1: Arkansas. They put on a the show. They dom- They killed, uh, who do they play? They killed Auburn yesterday. They were in control of that game. It was even the score tell you it was closer than you thought. It was not. They had like a 15-point lead through the whole second
0: half. And they beat Florida the day before too. Yep. Then now they I played mean, Tennessee who upset Kentucky today in the final. They did. I'll be very interested to see what teams really make it. Like you got top 10 teams losing left and right. I don't think there, there's a there's a top 5 seed besides obviously um besides Gonzaga that it's going to win if Arizona loses to UCLA today for the for the Pac-12 it'll be i don't think any 4 through or 2 through 6 2 through 5 team will have won their conference which and a lot of them didn't even make it like a lot of the top seeds, like Illinois, didn't make it. Wisconsin, number two seed, Wisconsin they didn't make did it. A bunch of upsets, just left and right. And I'm this might be this is this could be you know last year was I mean probably my Illinois favorite. lost
1: yesterday and they were in one seed against Indiana.
0: They lost two days ago. I'm pretty sure. No,
1: nope, yesterday.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. No, because Wisconsin lost yesterday too. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we saw in the. Like last year was a great March Madness. Probably one of the best I've ever seen, by far. It was a Besides the March championship Madness. game. Besides the championship game obviously. But th- I mean, this year this year is, is is shaping up to be probably the most insane March Madness we'll, we'll ever see. Like us teams are, there's no team that's like for sure going to win it. Duke lost to Virginia Tech today by 15. Like Duke is a young team. Kentucky lost today. Gonzaga, they've shown times where they, you know, they give up upsets
1: this year says a lot this year has been no team is really no one seed or top ranked team is controlled this year it seems like it's been really balanced this year with the upsets and teams who are winning or keeping it close and then you know plus this year we're having fans again this year for marsh madness so it's gonna feel more of the real deal
0: yeah and it'll be across the country i might go to that Uh, I mean, depends on what day it is exactly, but uh, they're having Sweet Sixteen and Elite Eight in San Francisco. In San Francisco, yeah, might go down for that. That'll be the tail end of my spring break, so I might go see that. But um, that's pretty much gonna wrap it up for our sports talk today. But now we're gonna go. I mean, pretty much same sports. We're gonna do. Quinn suggested this before we got on. Four favorite sports moments. Two of them in person, the other two are gonna be on moments on TV. On TV, so I'm gonna go. I'll start it off. I I'll, yeah. I'll, I say we started off with. I say we started off with our on TV moments. Okay, I, I'm about it. I'm gonna go. My first one: Aaron Rodgers hail mary against the Lions. By far, like craziest moment. As a freshman in high school, it was just like my mind was blowing. I'm screaming. The light, I knocked over a lamp. I was like – it was like – and the game was obviously like such a sad game because the the Packers were about to be out of the running. If they lost this game to the Lions, they got upset. They were going to be out of the running for the playoffs, and they needed it. They were down 20-0 to zero at one point in the game, and they fought all the way back for the Hail Mary. It's just absolutely crazy.
1: It was a crazy moment. And I remember getting an update on my phone, close game against Packers line. So I throw the game on. I'm like, okay, that's a pretty good game right now going. Aaron Rodgers gets tackled by a pinky with the face mask <laughs> at the end to get the penalty to get one more play. And when the Hail Mary happened, I couldn't believe it. I was shocked. Never watched the Hail Mary for a win. That doesn't happen. And then later on that season, Aaron Rodgers was like, you know what? I'm gonna do it again.
0: Exactly. Okay. What's your uh what's your what's so your first one on TV?
1: My first one going back to March Madness last season watching UCLA Gonzaga in the final four. That's a good one. That's a good and, one. You know, I'm rooting for UCLA. They're the underdogs here. They made it in final four. They played an extra game, they take the lead. And then Jalen Suggs banks in a running shot from half court. And I could not believe it. If there was fans there, I mean that place would have erupted. I mean, that was a great moment. And then I was upset because I wanted UCLA. And now and then Gonzaga had their undefeated season still alive to be only disappoint to only be a disappointment against Baylor.
0: That's pretty good. Okay, my second my second on TV moment. See, I'm pretty biased here because like all of mine are gonna be like obviously the in-person, like they're all gonna be pretty much end of the game. And for my on TV, it's pretty much my team's. My second one is Bronte Koenig's, fadeaway buzzer beater against Xavier, second round of the NCAA tournament, round of 32 to go to the Sweet 16. Inbound tie game, inbound or Nigel or I believe it was Nigel Hayes. Yeah, Nigel Hayes inbounds the ball to Koenig, in the corner, fade away three. And I think it was, um, what's that one broad- broadcaster, CBS, Quinn? CBS broadcaster, basketball. Is it Jim Nance? Not Jim Nance. Uh, is it Greg? Somebody, something starts with either a Greg or, uh. A... Let me look it up. I mean, regardless, it's, uh. It's my favorite moment probably ever watching on TV. I mean, just like the absolute. Gus Johnson. Gus Johnson. It was Gus Johnson. Yeah. Gus Johnson on the call. Great call. I'll have to pull it up right after this podcast just to watch it again. Probably for the hundredth time because I've rewatched it a hundred times. And I just, oh my God. I'm like, same as the the Packers moment. I'm in my family room watching my family this is like high school early high school and i'm just like oh my i'm just screaming running up and down the stairs what's your what's your number one on tv moment number one on tv moment
1: it would have to be the 28 to 3 comeback from tom brady i know that sounds like it's easy but the way it led up to it i remember uh you met steve
0: my yeah yeah i know steve
1: so i remember he was looking at me he's like this game's over and i remember looking at him and i said i bet you 20 bucks tom brady <laughs> comes back and wins this game and he's like there's no way and i was like i literally told him you don't count out tom brady <laughs> this man is the goat you don't count him out and when it happened he looked at me he handed me the 20 dollars and he said you were right <laughs> He's like, I'm never counting this man out ever again. He's like, I couldn't believe it. And he almost and did it again. He almost did it again. He did. This season. Because the Rams were imploding. Final game of his career, actually.
0: It was. But. All right. my honor, I'm going to have an honorable mention. Honorable mention, two of them. Honestly, you know, I honestly forgot about these. But they probably could have made the list. But honorable mention, David Ortiz, 2013, NL or ALCS, Grand Slam, first pitch against the Tigers. And my other honorable mention is Christian Vasquez, 14th inning, walk-off home run in the ALDS this year against the Rays. I mean, that was the most gut-wrenching, that was the most probably the most gut-wrenching game of baseball I've ever watched in my life. 14 innings. I don't even remember watching the eighteen inning World Series game really that much, but fourteen innings. Then he hits the home run after all that happened with Hunter Renfro hitting the ball over. That's that's probably uh, yep. hard, yeah. You got any honorable mentions? Just I a got quick two.
1: One. Uh, my first one is, uh, Rajay Davis, game seven hits a two was it two run or three run shot to tie the game in game seven against the Cubs. Yeah, when that's I, awesome. I, I thought. That was it. The Indians are going to win, and then the Cubs shocked us. And then the second one is Tyreek Evans, half-court buzzer beater against Memphis Grizzlies back in, I think it was 2011. 11.
0: Yeah, 2011.
1: 2011. 2012. And 1.5 seconds. Man, uses it. And swishes it nothing but net, and you see Dante Green coming off the bench. He already knew it was going in. He knew it. And it was just I, will, and the thing that sucks, I had a chance to go to that game, and I said no. And I was like, oh, I thought you were there. No. I thought you were there. I That's wish. That's
0: what I. I know somebody that was there that they've talked about it a lot. Oh no, that was a that was a Nate Soth from KCSB. He, uh, oh, he was there. Lucky. Yeah, one of my fellow broadcasters and colleagues from KCSB Sports. Nate was there. I'm pretty sure, as if I remember right. But now moving over, live sports moments. I'm going to preface this with kind of my, like, kind of my, my honorable mention. Packers, Patriots, at Lambeau Field, awesome moment. But these are going to be more, like, exciting, like, extremely exciting. Obviously, that was an extremely exciting game. There's back and forth. Packers came out on the victory. My first regular season football game that I ever went to. But my first one, and I think this might be on your list, too. I don't know. It, it, this may be an honorable mention, but... Um Belizia, Pelicans, Kings, Quentin, me and you were actually at this game. We were at this game. And oh, kids are down whoa. by four. In about like seven seconds left, Belizia just throws up a shot, gets fouled, banks it in. Just absolutely crazy. The entire crowd just explodes just for them to lose on a buzzer beater. Lose to a buzzer
1: beater with JJ Redick hitting the layup. And I remember that moment happened, me and you were just like, couldn't believe it. We're jumping on each other, like we couldn't believe it. You see it on the broadcast, our buddy Hunter showed it to us. He's like, you guys were on TV. And we're just like, oh. And to watch him lose in that heartbreaking fashion to do everything to tie the game. Four point plays don't happen, especially to tie the game with seven seconds. And to lose like that was just gut-wrenching.
0: Okay, Quinn. What's your uh, What's your first moment?
1: Sadly, I don't have that many moments. It's been a lot
0: of. I was gonna say you've Do been it.
1: to a ton of Kings games
0: over the years. A ton of Kings games, but like Raiders, there's nothing
1: been good. But uh, <laughs> there've been a lot of L's. But I think my best moment, Kings wise, was Bogdan Bogdanovich hitting the game winner over Tyson Chandler against the LA Lakers and this was heading into the new year. This was the last game of the year in uh the 2019 29. no 28 2018 2019 season. And he hits that game winner. And that was our best season we had that year too. And like we went 39 to 43. And just watching him over 7 foot defensive the year, defensive player of the year, Tyson Chandler swishes it. He knew it. He's running down the court and all the fans were jumping up and down. Because, you know, those are the only moments we have as Kings fans. You know, it's been really rough (laughs) out here.
0: Okay, my favorite moment. This is extremely biased just because, you know, I am a KCSB, UCSB broadcaster. And I was on the broadcast, second stream, for uh, UCSB versus Cal Poly. UCSB goes down. Ten points in the second half. Go on a run. Just to end it off to McLaughlin drives into the middle, takes his steps in, spins away, fade away jumper from the free throw line off the front rim, off the backboard and in buzzer beater senior night crowd explodes. It was actually the last game that I live event. I went to before COVID started and that was just, Oh my gosh. I I've actually never been able to listen to the call that I made because I don't know. I just never got it from my the 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 current sports director at the time. Quinn.
1: The second moment, there's a tie. Whichever one I don't say, it's gonna be my honorable mention. The one honorable mention I have, or maybe two, is A's versus Twins. I believe against Tommy Malone was pitching. Let alone seeing one Grand Slam is really hard to come by. That night, that day, I saw two Grand Slams. Cespedes hits once and I believe Donaldson hit one. Seeing two Grand Slams in one game was unreal. To watch that happen, I've never seen a Grand Slam since all the baseball games I've been to. Never been close since. And that was crazy, and they won, I believe, like 12-2. to
0: So what's your honorable mention now?
1: It was tough. It was another A's game related. This was 2013. Uh, ALDS. Tigers. A's. Game 2. Stephen Vogue hits a walk-off single to win it. To put us up 2-0 to later on, us blowing the, the 2-0 lead, you know, losing to the Tigers like we always do.
0: Yeah, you guys blew you guys broke my heart. I was supposed to go to a Red Sox A's ALCS game.
1: And the wild card is the bane of our existence, man. And the ALDS. We don't we don't know how to get far in the playoffs anymore.
0: What about you? What's your honorable mention? Honorable mention. Uh No-hitter against the Red Sox, actually, by um, Sean Manaya. That was pretty awesome. You know, it's awesome seeing a no-hitter. Obviously, it's painful when you're seeing it against you. And then another one would probably be at Fenway Park. I believe it was Xander Bogart hit a walk-off single to send Mookie Betts home against the Tigers in extra innings. That was awesome. But that's pretty much... that. I haven't seen, like... I've seen a lot of good sports moments... And like, honestly, if last night, if that was us hitting that buzzer beater, that might have been, you know, it might have been some recency bias, but it it might have been, it might have made my list if we made a buzzer beater last night.
1: That's a heartbreaking way to watch a game, especially when you're being the broadcast.
0: Oh, I have not, I have not um, even talked to Geo our friend who is, went to Long Beach State. I haven't even told, I don't even know if he knew what the result of the game was. I haven't even told him because I don't want to <laughs> receive that crap. And also I have other friends that go to Long Beach State. I have not talked to them at all because I do not want to hear it. I, I, I mean, don't blame a lot you. of people don't pay attention to basketball, but yeah, I think that pretty much does it. Good episode it today. Up. 45 An episode? minutes.
1: Uh, our next episode is going to be a banger.
0: Bracket. Bracket, we're going to bring it special. We're each going to make our brackets and then we're going to go through each game and we're going to argue why we should pick this team. Because, you know, and it's going to get really heated when, when you got teams that go far and you yeah. might want to, one person might want to take them out early and we're going to create kind of a goodbye bracket. Sets. This episode will probably be, be out tomorrow night, Sunday night, because I am traveling tomorrow. But.
1: That we'll also episode have will sp- probably
0: be midweek.
1: Yeah, we'll also have a little sprinkle in of free agency. see what happens.
0: Yeah. Okay. That pretty much does it. See you next time on the Heads or Tails podcast with Quinn and Kim.